Rick Hahn has been fairly transparent about the Chicago White Sox addressing areas of concern this offseason via trade instead of throwing money at the problems. Now, there was a rumor that surfaced recently claiming the Chicago White Sox were interested in Oakland A's catcher Sean Murphy. I've got Locked On A's host Jason Burke joining me momentarily to take a closer look at what a trade could look like between the A's and the White Sox. You are Locked On White Sox, your daily Chicago White Sox podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Sox fans, welcome to Locked On White Sox. Thank you for making Locked On White Sox your first listen each and every day. We're free and available on all platforms. Follow us on Twitter at Locked On Sox. Also subscribe to our YouTube channel. Uh, just search Locked On White Sox. Hey, I'm your host, Nick Murawski, a lifelong diehard Chicago White Sox fan. Recording this podcast just blocks from the ballpark in beautiful Bridgeport, uh, you can find me on Twitter at Nick underscore GGTV. Really appreciate you letting me steal some of your time to talk off-season White Sox. Lockdown White Sox is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. The White Sox uh, have a lot of holes to fill this off-season. Uh, and if they claim to be financially strapped, then exploring the trade market is the way to go. Uh, what would the White Sox need to give up to acquire Oakland A's catcher, uh, Sean Murphy? Uh, let me bring in host of the Lockdown A's, Jason Burke. Hello, Mr. Burke. Oh, hello, Mr. Nick. How are you doing? <laughs> I, I am doing well. Uh, I, you know, I heard about this uh, rumor, as mm -hmm. you did, uh, right before the week. And I think it was maybe on Friday, as mm -hmm. we all are, you know, in this offseason. GM meetings just wrapped up. Socks are looking to be more uh, trade savvy than, than throw money uh, at things. And I saw this pop up. And you know, we've got Yasmani Grandal in, in his final year coming up in 2023, uh, underperformed. He's been battling leg issues and, you know, socks need to get better in a lot of areas. I was kind of surprised that this popped up with catcher. What were your you know, initial reactions when you saw this involving Sean Murphy? Uh, I, I knew who the A's were after, obviously. And yeah. uh, I, it, it makes sense, I guess, if you're okay with moving some pieces around then if Jose Abreu is not coming back, which apparently is the report, uh, then you can move Grandal over to first. So I'm like, you can move the pieces and get better defensively, arguably. And it seems like that's something that teams have been trying to do a little bit more. Um, I, I wrote about this over at uh, Inside the A's. It's a site that I run in affiliation with uh, Sports Illustrated. And it, there was two teams, uh, the, the Cleveland Guardians and also the San Diego Padres, who just had center fielders that were basically all defense. They were not great offensively all season long. Trent Grisham had a nice uh, little run there early on in the playoffs, but they were they were just punting offense from those two positions uh, because they were so gifted defensively. And Sean Murphy, uh, you're not punting offense with him, but he is very gifted defensively. And that is kind of a shift that I, I think that we're seeing in baseball right now is teams trying to get more defensive oriented and seeing what happens with that. Sacks were... Um 
one of the worst teams in all of baseball uh, in terms of just committing errors. And Yasmani Grandal didn't help himself. Uh, you know, pass balls were rampant. Uh, you know, he was dealing with leg issues. Clearly, he was not right in, in 2022. And uh, I, I could see where the interest in Sean Murphy is. I really can. I, you know, we're trying to fill a, a second base a need and and outfield is going to become an issue now that AJ Pollock has declined his option. And yeah, I, I do believe Jose Abreu is going to walk and, and Andrew Vaughn, Andrew Vaughn is a special player. We, we think he's going to be very, very special. And I would say in, in the spring, right before the season started, there was some smoke uh, with Frankie Montas. We had Lance Lynn go down and it looked like we needed to, uh, we needed to get a, an established arm uh, in our rotation. And there was some rumor, there was some talk of like, well, maybe we can have a relationship with Oakland. But it sounded like Andrew Vaughn was, again, the centerpiece there. Um, I, I want to talk Vaughn in, in a little bit uh, because, you know, we'll, we'll maybe get to that in, in a second a segment. Right. I guess what kind of player would the Sox be getting in, in Sean Murphy? Like what – I guess what are some of his defining traits? Uh, well – in 2021, he was a gold glover. Uh, this year, he was a finalist for the gold glove and also a finalist for the silver slugger. Love he, it. <laughs> uh, he, he's fantastic. He, he's he's great. He's memeable. Uh, he was hit on the buttocks uh, <laughs> at, at, like earlier in the year, and that, uh, that, that made its rounds. I don't know if everybody in baseball Twitter got to see it, but uh, A's fans had a blast with that. And uh, so it, and it just like... He, he straightened out his leg and then the ball just ricocheted off. It was hilarious. Um, so yeah, he's, he's got some attributes. Um, he's got some assets, if you yeah. will. Um, he, he can, he can crush the ball. He had like a, he had a okay first half. I think he had like a 108 WRC plus if you're into the fan graph stuff and uh, it, in the first half. And then in the second half, he had a 140 WRC plus. So he was 40% above league average uh, as a catcher. And that was with a, an offense that was pitchers were attacking him and Seth Brown end of list. And he was still able to go 40% above league average in just not a great offense overall. And I think that that's something that if you put him in there with uh, some of the, some of the bats that the white Sox have, he'd probably have some more RBI, some better pitches to hit. And I think that that's kind of what you'd be banking on uh, if you're looking to acquire Sean Murphy. Yeah, uh, obviously controlled for a few more years. Yep. Uh, young, uh, he's got the defense and, and the offense, which uh, you know I, I absolutely love. Something that the Sox uh, lacked uh, in 2022, among so many other things, was our lack of offense. Why, why is Sean Murphy available? Why, why would that even be something that the Oakland A's are interested in doing? The A's have so many catchers right now, and they're all like fairly good. Um, they acquired Shay Langoliers, who was kind of the centerpiece of the Matt Olson trade. So he, he made his debut late in the season in 2022. So he's the heir apparent right now. He's going to take the reins at some point. Um, and Sean Murphy is going to be in his first year of arbitration. I know that people are going to say, Oh, they don't want to pay any money to anybody. And that's somewhat true, I guess. But also, uh, if you have both Sean Murphy and Shay Langoliers at the major league level, one of them is going to DH uh, and one of them is going to be the, the starting catcher for the most part. And then, you know, they can flip flop back and forth, but it, you can't move anybody else throughout the minor league system. If somebody's killing it in triple A, you cannot bring them up. If somebody's killing it in double A, you can't bring them up to triple A because guys in triple A can't go anywhere. Uh, so it, it, there's kind of like a, it, you need to make some moves 
so that everybody else can go. And also Sean Murphy is very valuable and uh, arguably the the last valuable piece that the A's really have to really try and kickstart this rebuild. They've, they've got the draft coming up in 2023, but uh, Sean Murphy is basically the guy that can bring back a haul. And yeah. I think that that's why you move them and you move them now for all of those reasons. Yeah. The Sacks, from what I understand are not the only team uh, interested in Sean Murphy. And I don't even know if we've got the prospects to figure this out. It would definitely be uh, from our big league roster. So uh, what could the White Sox potentially give up? I, I'm going to tell you why it is probably more than you think. Uh, more on that uh, in a moment. Today's episode is brought to you by BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting information, stats, news, and analysis. Uh, get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from football to basketball to soccer and esports. Uh, we've got you all covered at betonline.net. Uh, and if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. We're the we're always the fastest and the easiest way uh, to get your betting fix. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, uh, where the game starts. Um, so, you know, we, we talk Andrew Vaughn, Jason, mm -hmm. and if, if the Oakland A's told the White Sox back in spring, look, it's going to take Andrew Vaughn at the beginning to, to deal with Frankie Montas. Mm -hmm. My thinking, you know, rationale is why would the Sox go back to Oakland and start talking Sean Murphy? If they kind of know what Oakland already is going to be asking for mm -hmm. uh, around, you know, Chicago and, and a lot of Sox fans, uh, I would put Andrew Vaughn kind of in that untouchable area. You know, we've got Dylan Cease, Luis Robert, Andrew Vaughn, especially if, if we're going to part with uh, Jose Abreu, Andrew Vaughn's one of those guys of like, I want to see work out, but you got to give something up to get something. I'm assuming you've got to have Andrew Vaughn as your centerpiece. I, I would assume that he would be the centerpiece. And I follow your same rationale. Uh, they, they know what Oakland wants and maybe they're willing to give it up now, give up Andrew Vaughn now, as opposed to for Frankie Montas for a couple of seasons, maybe for uh, three three years of control of Sean Murphy. Maybe that's more suitable uh, to their appetite. Um, also, real quick, is is Aloy Jimenez like available? He was not on your... On the... <laughs> Aloy Jimenez, uh, I, I would say Aloy Jimenez could be available. I, I really do think he could be available. The problem with him is we have found out pretty he can't play left field i mean he can but he is a mess out there and he is he has suffered so many injuries yeah. um that would not be an upgrade defensively and what happened uh post all-star break this past season is the Sox kind of wised up and they used him as a designated hitter well he had some of the best offensive numbers in maybe all of baseball definitely the american league playing just solely at the DH spot. He was able to play consistently, didn't need time off for, for workload management pretty much with his legs. So I think the thought there is if Abreu walks, you put Vaughn in at first, you've got your DH, uh, Aloy Jimenez, and then we've got to kind of figure out now outfield a little bit. But yeah. if someone made a serious offer, like I, you know, he's just... <laughs> Again, I don't think we know what his upside yet is, and and yeah. there have been some injuries with Jimenez. There there have been so many injuries, but he's he's so exciting. Him and Luis Robert. 
But and Luis I, Robert, yeah. I, I don't. Yeah, no, 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 might, I'm, 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 <laughs> not taking him, I'm not taking him. It's okay. <laughs> that home run he hit in that 2020 playoffs, I still don't uh, know if it's landed yet. Uh, that's, uh, that's when we thought this was this was our year. This was our postseason for sure. That was the best Liam Hendricks has ever been. Oh. <laughs> and, and we got a we got a first row seat to that, and uh, I think that was why he was targeted by the White Sox <laughs> yeah. oh. in the offseason for sure. It made perfect sense, and I was like, oh, yeah. he, they're going to do great now. Sorry. Um, anyways, so Andrew Vaughn, uh, he, he's 24 years old, so he's yeah. still a young guy. Um, the one downside, I would say, with uh, him being the centerpiece from an A standpoint would be uh, he's only a year away from being arbitration eligible. Mm-hmm. So if they're just not wanting to spend any money on anybody, as you know, people think, uh, then that doesn't make sense. He's got four years of control, which is great. But uh, are, are the A's going to be, is that enough of a window? Are they going to sign Andrew Vaughn? Probably not. So is that enough time to have him to both rebuild and then have a competitive window? I don't know. Uh, maybe they maybe they could go after somebody else in the, the White Sox system and take a different major leaguer. Um, but I think that the reason that the A's like Andrew Vaughn so much, one, he went to Cal, uh, Berkeley, just absolutely know, a, a yep. town over. Yep. So there's that. Um, so that's cool. Um, but he, he's also a contact guy. He struck out, was it uh, 17.3% of the time last year? And that is definitely a trend that we've seen the A's start to do. They're kind of following the Cleveland model a little bit in that regard where make contact, see what happens. Uh, we're we're going to get some of those guys and hope, hope for the best, I guess. Yeah. Uh, Cause they don't have a ton of power bats yet, but Andrew Vaughn has some thump. He has, he's got a little thump. He will. And, uh, oh, I think so. Yeah. So yeah. I think that it's, it, it, they project a little bit with him and he fits where they're trying to go. And they would love to have him be kind of the centerpiece of this rebuild. And uh, Hey, we'll, we'll know what's going on with the A's ballpark situation by hopefully the end of 2023. And maybe they'll sign somebody at some point sometime. Yeah. Can I, uh, I will be, um, I'll regret if I don't try to sell you hard on okay. a wonderful nope. left-handed hitter who should be playing first base uh but he he was in right field for us gavin sheets you're gonna love him Uh, he's got unlimited power i know you probably are looking for a first baseman i'd love for you to consider something with gavin sheets uh the a's will take any position i do not know that they will take Gavin Sheets. <laughs> um, and enough. I, I don't know a ton about him. I, I feel like he's been around forever, but he hasn't been. No, yeah. Um, yeah. He, he's 26, so he's a little bit older from a position player standpoint. They've taken pitchers on at that age in uh in previous trades. But uh I, I think as a position player, they, they want slightly younger guys. Uh Andrew Vaughn's not like too old, but he's he's on that cusp, I think. I think 25 might be the cutoff. Uh, and I'm making that up on the spot so that I don't have to take Gavin Sheets in this trade. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I just, I had to sell you. I had to try to sell you. I, I would love to find a, a partner somewhere in all of baseball to take him off of our hands. Uh, I think he's got, you know, he's got potential yeah. and I think he needs to play every day. I just don't want to see him in the outfield and I'm fearful that could happen uh, once again. Uh, now you talked about, uh, we talk about prospects mm-hmm. and, uh, I, I just don't think the Sox have the prospects and I'm thinking of guys that they might be able to, uh, it's, it's, I cringe when I think about parting with Montgomery, Colson Montgomery, who's, you know, probably the, you know, the top prospect that we have. Um, he has moved up, you know, several levels and another guy like Colas, who 
it could be projected as a our right fielder in 2023. I don't know if he'll be on the, you know, I don't know if he'll be there for opening day, but we're expecting a lot from him. Cespedes is another guy that gets talked about quite a bit. Yeah, where, where were you at with some of our prospects? I'm intrigued by some of them, honestly. Um, I, I, I we talked about some of these trades uh, over the weekend, mm-hmm. and Colas is one that uh, I mean, I, I I read the same piece that that you did by uh, I forget the guy's name, but uh, uh, James Feegan, yeah, from yeah. the Athletic, yeah, and uh, he was like, yeah, he, he could be you know, in, in the majors in 2023. And I'm like, Oh, well, I don't know that we necessarily need somebody like that, but, uh, he he's there kind yeah. of, and he got signed in January, I believe. Uh, but he's, he's 24 years old. He's a lefty bat. Uh, he's probably going to be playing right field. Cause he's got a 65 arm. And mm-hmm. I like that you pair yeah. him with Christian Pache. I'm excited about that. See what he does. Uh, he struck out a little bit in a very small sample size in AAA, but he also uh, made his pro debut and then just, rocketed up the minor leagues so yeah seven games in it like a 33 percent strikeout rate i'm not terribly concerned about that um but cespedes I, I i really just want him because ace fans love his brother yeah and uh yeah. he's wonderful and he's got a good arm too he's got a 60 yeah. arm on the yeah. 28 to 80 scale and so there's that uh he's a righty bat he's 25 years old see that, that's the cutoff 25 yeah. years old yeah um and the other guy that I'm intrigued by, and the A's always do this with uh, trade. Well, not always, but they do it a fair amount with trades. And it's uh, acquiring somebody who's currently hurt that you're hoping will be good. And that's Tanner McDougal. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. He is yeah. the number 19 prospect in yeah. the White Sox system on pipeline. He's also 19 years old, a righty. He throws 90 to 96. That's widely, uh, that's a big range. Uh, but he can play his fastball up in the in the zone. And he also has just high spin on everything that he throws. And I'm intrigued by that. Uh, also, he's coming off of Tommy John. So you know that the A's are intrigued by that. So yeah. uh, th- yeah. those are kind of the guys that I was eyeballing. But I mean, maybe if, if you want to keep Vaughn that bad, maybe we take Montgomery instead. I don't know. Mm. Uh, Montgomery does have the, the Corey Seager comp, which I'm intrigued by. Uh, I'll give that a shot. Why not? Yeah. Uh, the, the the question, I think, for White Sox uh, is really Tim Anderson. Well, what's the future look like for Tim yeah. Anderson? Is he really going to be signed uh, past this uh, contract? So uh, in a moment here, we will talk. Will this deal actually get done? I mean, it's really anybody's guess. And I'm going to tell you why deals between the White Sox and the A's still haunt the Sox. Uh, more on that in a moment. Okay, uh, law. There's a there's a history here between the White Sox and the A's. We were talking before we started recording. Uh, there's a fabulous book out right now, and and, and the, my listeners are probably like sick of me talking about this book, but it's a great book. It's called Chili Dog MVP. It's it's centered around the 1972 year, of course, uh, and Dick Allen's MVP year, and just how great that team was, how fun they were but they could not get past that Oakland A's team, which was a great, great team. And then, you know, everybody uh, locally Sox fans know about uh, the the folks that the last Comiskey uh, brothers do on that 1990 year, uh, last year of Comiskey Park, the 1990 White Sox had such a fun, successful team out of nowhere, really could not get past that 1990 A's team. Um, So let's go just to uh, the the trade that everybody, you know, I think of all the time when I think A's and White Sox is us 
just giving away Marcus Simeon and Chris Bassett for one year of Jeff Samarja. And that haunts us, Jason, still as Sox fans. Oh, don't don't forget about Josh Faley and Rangel Ravello as well. I mean, <laughs> the right. really right. did a great job on that trade. Unbelievable. Uh, but I mean, Bassett was uh, I've likened him to a guy that the A's acquired last or I mean, yeah, last offseason, uh, Adam Aller in the Chris Bassett trade. Uh, he, they just late bloomers potentially. And uh, Bassett was what, 27, 28. He was he was a little bit older. He was past that threshold that we've talked about. And uh, he, he turned himself into a very, very good pitcher. He, he was a starter. He was a reliever. He was doing a little bit of everything. He dealt with some injuries. He had to overcome a decent amount. And then all of a sudden he was like, oh, I'm here. And uh, he, he was like legitimately good. And it, it was kind of hard to believe it for a little bit there because he did it in like 2020, but it was a shortened season. So not, not a big sample size. And then 2021, he did it again. You're like, all right, well, cool. And then he was out the door. Um but yeah, Chris Bassett was fantastic. Marcus Simeon, uh, he 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 was not great defensively, but he had some upside with the bat, mm-hmm. and then he he put in so much work, and he he really did everything to kind of make it. So it's not like you get the guys that you traded at, at the the level that they were at were where they ended up. But I, I could definitely see uh, be, being mad about that trade, especially because Josh Fagley. Uh, <laughs> well, I, I mean, we didn't, I didn't think much of him, but I think the A's used him quite a bit and, uh, yeah, no, he, he was bad. around for a while. Yeah. He, he survived a long time. Uh, I don't think Rangel Ravello ever made it to the big leagues with the A's. I think he made it up with like the Cardinals or something a little bit later, but, uh, good, good for him. Everybody made it to the majors. And I, <laughs> I, I told you this, I didn't tell you why, but I have a fun, uh, theory about Jeff Samarja. <laughs> And share, that's, please share. It, it's that he's cursed. He he is a cursed man. So <laughs> let me explain. Uh, I don't have a lot to go on here except for team records, but um, and I don't have the team records in front of me. But the Cubs, they were awful while they had him. They they trade him to the A's. They win a World Series like almost immediately. Uh, the A's were the best team in baseball in 2014 when they acquired him, and. Uh, they really went down the tube. They traded Yohan Cespedes and got John Lester and then got bounced in the wild card round and then were never heard from again until like 2019. So, uh, yeah, it wasn't great. Uh, and then he signs a big deal. Uh, no, 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 sorry. Then he gets traded to the White Sox. I don't think you guys did anything. No, uh, he also no. cost you Marcus Simeon yeah. and Chris Bassett. Yep. And then he signs a big deal with the San Francisco Giants who had won. 2010, 2012, 2014, 2016. What does he do? They get bounced in the NLDS. What's up with, and then they don't make the playoffs after that. He was a cursed man. Nobody's talking about it. I am. I I love that. uh, This is the beauty of the off season is you could go down these rabbit holes and have just episodes about cursed players. I really should look at that uh, for the White Sox because we've got uh, we've got several. So, you know, when, when the trade happened, that Samarja deal, and it was years ago, you know, I, you, you just you sometimes don't know what you have in guys. And, and going back to, you know, this this deal for Sean Murphy, uh, you know, I, sometimes the White Sox, I think, overvalue. And, and I think a lot of organizations do. They overvalue what they have. You know, they, they want to hold on to some of these guys when you just sometimes you have to part with them. You know, I'd rather take a proven than a potential. And, and there's been so many busts and it's so many so inconsistent. I think that's why you can, from from my perspective, 
get kind of crazy and say, you know, we don't know what Carson, uh, Colson Montgomery is going to be. We really don't know what Colas is going to be. I kind of have a feeling of where Andrew Vaughn is, you know, headed. And that's why it's difficult to trade uh, from that big league roster. But if you're going to get something in return from the big league roster, you know, and and it shores up some defense, it really depends on where the Sox are looking to go. You know, do they want to, do they want to platoon at first base, Grandal, Sheets, you know, and and part with Vaughn? I don't know. It's just you almost need that first shoe to drop in the, in the off season to see really where this team is headed. I mean, it kind of depends on, do you want Grandal behind the dish and Andrew Vaughn at first or whoever at first and kind of do that way? Or do you want Grandal at first and Sean Murphy behind the dish defense definitely plays a factor there and uh, working with the pitchers and, I don't know, make, making them better, question mark. You um, guys got some good solid arms. I, I don't know about that, but uh, which which is better? And how big is the window? What is the time frame that you can work with there? That's also part of it. Um, is Grandall part of the plans for the long-term future? I don't know. Yeah. Um, probably not, because he's got one-year control and he wasn't great last year. But yeah, I mean, it, it's an interesting thought process at the very least. Um, if you like the, the trade simulator, the baseball trade values website, mm-hmm. I, I did find one deal that was completely even, and I don't know that, uh, any deal is going to be even generally the A's should get surplus value in this trade, but they don't tend to do that for some reason. They like certain guys and then we see what happens, but a, a trade of Andrew Vaughn, uh, Cespedes, and then you got Garrett Crochet, who was a guy that you had mentioned yeah. previously, and then McDougal. Those mm-hmm. four guys for Sean Murphy and Tony Kemp, who can mm. play second base for you. Uh, yep. That is a completely even value trade, according to this random trade value website. <laughs> right, no, it doesn't yeah. really hold a lot of what uh, hold yeah. a lot of weights, but according intriguing. to intriguing, yeah, yeah. It, it it I could I could make an argument for that, and I completely thank you for reminding me of Garrett Crochet because we talked a little bit about him. Uh, another guy that you know they drafted uh, high on and. A, a, you know, explosive lefty, so explosive that he had to have, you know, Tommy John uh, yeah. surgery. And he wants, I think, to be a starter. I don't think that's going to play out. Definitely not this year as he's yeah. been rehabbing. I think he's going to be stuck in in that high leverage, you know, bullpen role. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it, it's it's really where the window is for the White Sox. You hit it. It's like, you know, if you're looking at a couple more years, well, that lines up with Sean Murphy and and what else the Sox have in mind, uh, I guess, to fill some of these holes. Because there are a lot of them personally. I don't think catcher is as pressing as some of the other things that the Sox need to address. So I'm leaning towards this is most likely not going to work out because I think prospect wise, the A's want to hit a home run, right? You, you know, you said it, they, they want to make sure this one uh, gets done the right way. And they're going to, they're going to ask for, you know, a King's ransom if they can. So I don't know your thoughts. Do you think something like this will actually get done with the Sox? I, I'm intrigued. I, that the White Sox have the parts to get it done. I don't know. It, it depends on which guys the A's like the most. Like, which extra piece is there that they're like, oh, yeah, that's the one that we want right there. Uh, I mean, Garrett Crochet is also uh, a year away from arbitration, so I don't know that they necessarily want him, but he could also be flipped a little bit later. He's kind of like a, another A.J. Puck for the A's, and they can move A.J. Puck to the, to the starting rotation and then have Garrett Crochet be in the bullpen and 
they're not losing anything there, but they're also not necessarily trying to win games this year either. So who knows? Yeah. Uh, but I, I like his upside, but then it, it's interesting. I think that there is a deal there to be made. I don't know that the White Sox are going to be the team that end up landing Sean Murphy this, this off season. Uh, I I'm guessing that he is going to get traded, but I think the Cardinals, uh, I, I did a crossover with locked on Cardinals host JD and uh, it feels like they are the natural fit because they're trying to replace Yadier Molina. And it, that makes sense. That's a big, uh, you know, ar- argument in their favor from my standpoint, and I'm not in St. Louis. So what do I know? But that's what I think at least. And so I, I think that he's probably going to the Cardinals. If I had to choose, or if I had to guess, I don't get to choose. Um, so, <laughs> that would be fun. That would be fun. It would be fun. That's what we're doing here today. We're having fun and choosing people that we want on our team. Yeah, uh, I, I agree with you. I think well said. Uh, it, it, a deal probably will be done. It's just probably not going to happen with the Sox. Uh, Jason, can't thank you enough. Thank you so much for coming on. And, and it really, this helps so much. Oh, it. I love uh, doing crossovers. They're a great time, especially in the offseason, because uh, sometimes there's not a lot of like once the A's trade Sean Murphy, I got nothing to talk about until the A's start signing like guys. Stretch in it out. So, Stretch yeah, it out. yeah, I will talk about Sean Murphy getting traded every day yeah. if I can. <laughs> uh, where can we find all your all your great stuff, please? Uh, I am at my Jason B on Twitter. The show is at Locked on A's, wherever you like to hear podcasts, uh, wherever you're watching or listening to this uh, there. Uh, we're also on YouTube over at Locked On A's. I also have a site called Inside the A's. It's in affiliation with Sports Illustrated, so I do some writing over there as well. Uh, it, I'm a busy A's guy. I'm trying to produce the content that A's fans deserve because uh, we don't get a lot of it. So here I am. I, I, I do. I think we should find another time to do a 1990 Sox A's conversation. Trust me, I think there's a lot there. I would love to do another one of those at some point. Really, on, I, yeah, a lot to get board. to with that. Okay, I'll have to do some research for that one, but I'm on board. <laughs> Jason, thank you so much. Really appreciate your time. No worries. Thanks for having me, man. Folks, thank you so much for making this podcast part of your daily routine. You can find the Lockdown White Sox podcast absolutely everywhere you find your podcast. We are on Twitter at Lockdown Sox. You can find me on Twitter at Nick underscore GGTB. Thanks for making Lockdown White Sox your first listen. For your next listen, check out the Lockdown Sports Today podcast, the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. Available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. Coming up on the next episode, I'll continue to examine off-season White Sox scenarios as the Sox go full steam ahead with the Pedro Grafol era. Really appreciate you making time for the Lockdown White Sox podcast. I'm Nick Murawski. Until next time, go Sox.